KPBS On Demand is supported by MaraCal Design and Remodeling, helping homeowners with their home remodeling needs. From ADUs to custom kitchen remodels and room additions, MaraCal Design and Remodeling designs and builds your dream home. Learn more at trustyourhometous.com. Home prices are dropping as interest rates rise. Prices in San Diego are down now for a fourth month in a row. I'm Jade Hindman. This is KPBS Midday Edition. A preview of San Diego's opera, The Last Dream of Frida and Diego. And this opera has everything an opera should have. So you have politics, you have sex, you have love, you have passion, you have art, you have death. Plus, we'll take you on a tour of the art scene in your weekend preview. That's ahead on Midday Edition. KPBS On Demand is supported by UC San Diego, offering the online Master of Data Science program, a blend of computer science, statistics, and domain expertise. Learn more about University of California San Diego's online Master of Data Science program at omds.ucsd.edu. Yesterday, mortgage rates reached the highest they've been in 20 years. The average rate for a 30-year fixed mortgage, the most common mortgage in the nation, topped 7%, according to Freddie Mac. That news coincides with recent figures showing the largest San Diego housing price declines since the Great Recession. But have home prices dropped enough to offset the high interest rate for home buyers? And is this any indication of a recession? I'm joined now by Philip Molnar, senior business reporter with the San Diego Union Tribune. Philip, welcome back to Midday Edition. Thank you for having me. So how much are local home prices dropping and where are they right now? Okay, so as of September, prices in San Diego are down now for a fourth month in a row. So the median home price, that includes every type of house you can imagine, that's $795,000. So that's down from our all-time high of $850,000 in May. So it's sort of a substantial drop, a 6% drop in a year. But there has been a huge run-up on prices before this, so that kind of, you know, balances it out. How did the declines San Diego is seeing compare with other parts of the country? Everywhere in the nation is experiencing a slowdown in prices, but San Diego is going down a little bit faster than other parts of the nation. That's according to the S&P Case-Shiller Indices. So for our latest report, it shows that San Diego home prices were down 2.5% from July to August. So that was the third fastest just behind San Francisco and Seattle. So we are experiencing quicker slowdown than a lot of places. You mentioned this earlier, uh, the price drops we are seeing today come on the heels of incredible price increases over the past couple of years. Have those gains been wiped out from these price drops? No, not at all. I mean, it's crazy to think how much our prices have gone up. You know, if you look at the median sale price, say around February 2020, right before lockdowns, right before we had this crazy run in the market. So at that time, according to Redfin, our median sale price just for a single family home was around 670000 Today, it's at 900000 So it would take a lot of work to wipe out all these gains we've had in two years. 
Has the price of housing come down enough to offset the increase in mortgage rates? No, it hasn't. And it's kind of tricky because even I find myself looking at home prices. I'm like, oh, that's down a little bit. Maybe I could uh, you know, afford a San Diego home. Nope. So the big thing right now is higher mortgage rates mean larger monthly payments. So that makes the income required to qualify even bigger. So let me just give you an example. So this is just for last month when mortgage rates were still at the low number of 6%. The monthly costs, let's say for a median priced resale condo in San Diego County was $600,000. So assuming you put 20% down, that'd be around $3,195 a month. That would be your payment. But a year earlier with lower interest rates, it would have been $2,281. So it makes a huge jump on the monthly payment. Wow. And so really, it just seems like there's a shift in who's making the lion's share here from seller to lender. Yeah, you know, it's kind of interesting. I've talked to a lot of real estate agents about what sellers are thinking right now. Some sellers that are maybe a little more aware of current market trends, you know, they maybe been in their home a while. If they decide to put their home on the market right now, the, the thinking is, well, you know, even though the market's down quite a bit from the spring, at least my home has appreciated like crazy over the last like three years. However, one problem that real estate agents are running into because they want to get more listings, you know, is that there are certain sellers that just cannot accept that their home is not worth what it was six months ago. It's a hard pill to swallow for a lot of them. So that's kind of why we're seeing inventory here in San Diego. There are more homes on the market than usual, but it's not like a huge amount of homes that are going to make a big difference as far as competition. Interesting. Ultimately, what do weakening home prices mean to the greater economy? Do experts say it could have an impact on whether or not we enter a recession? So the recession question is very complicated. You know, it it depends on what economists you ask. Most say we are not in a recession, but every once in a while you get an economist that says we are in a recession. It depends on which politician you talk to. There's, There's a very heated debate whether or not we are. One of the things that's different now compared to the Great Recession is there isn't a lot of homes on the market per number of Americans. So there was a big run up in building homes during the housing boom right before the crash. So there was a ton of homes on the market. Now there just really isn't as many. So most economists aren't anticipating that there's going to be this huge downturn in the economy that's going to force a bunch of people to sell. The credit requirements are a lot stronger to get into homes nowadays. So it's not like people are in a million dollar house in San Diego they shouldn't have been or didn't have the money to. So most people don't think the housing market is going to have a big factor in whatever recession comes or downturn in the economy. You know, what is the outlook for the housing market as we head towards 2023? What are our analysts saying about the months ahead? So Goldman Sachs research in a in a report published last week said that they think home prices in the US are going to drop 5 to 10% from their peak by the end of the year. So that's actually sort of rosy when you consider that San Diego is already down 6% from our peak. So most people are anticipating that home prices will continue to drop until the end of the year, you know, not anticipating a huge crash. But then again, things have changed really rapidly over the last couple of years with the pandemic and interest rates are going up so quick that, you know, it's kind of like you just have to sit back and wait and see. I, 
the crystal balls here might be a bit cracked because every every you know analyst I've seen and stuff going on the last couple of months has to keep changing it. But as of right now, yeah, Goldman Sachs research says, yeah, it could drop about 10% by the end of the year. Wow. I have been speaking with Philip Molnar, senior business reporter with the San Diego Union-Tribune. Philip, thank you. Thank you so much. San Diego Opera holds the world premiere of The Last Dream of Frida and Diego on Saturday. The new Spanish-language opera explores the relationship between iconic Mexican artist Frida Kahlo and Diego Rivera. It also uses the celebration of Dia de los Muertos as the backdrop for a love story that crosses into the afterlife. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando has this preview. A picture might be worth a thousand words, but a Frida Kahlo self-portrait speaks volumes about her life. She painted her autobiography always. Lorena Maza is directing The Last Dream of Frida and Diego. Her art was so personal. And I think the more personal, the more universal. And also because she depicted herself completely as a woman, and she was disabled, and the strength, she was never a victim. She dignified herself through her painting. Kahlo's intensely personal, often witty, and always boldly imaginative paintings reveal more about her life experience than any carefully researched biography. She just painted her reality. Mezzo-soprano Guadalupe Paz sings the role of Frida. People thought it was like surrealism, and it was not. She was like very original in that sense. And I think that appeals to us, because when we see a painting of her, it's like she's talking or telling us a story about that moment in her life. Bringing Kahlo's story to life through opera fell into the hands of composer Gabriela Lina Frank and librettist Nilo Cruz. I heard a piece that Gabriela had composed, which the theme of it was a Day of the Dead. And when I heard the piece and heard the beautiful music, I said to her, that is the entry into this world and we should not do a biopic of Diego and Frida, but maybe perhaps Frida coming back to the world on the Day of the Dead. Dia de Muertos, or Day of the Dead, gave them something to artistically build on, says Frank. The Day of the Dead is just incredible. There's an element of fantasy, there's an element of fiction that is more real than the non-fiction as a result. You have to stretch, I think, as an artist to be able to imagine a, a universe that doesn't really exist but seems very authentic. The dramatic trigger for the story is Rivera's last day on Earth, says Maza. He comes to the graveyard in Dia de Muertos to invoke Frida and call her back to help him cross to Mictlán, to the underworld, the Aztec underworld. <laughs> In the opera, Kahlo returns from the dead without any of the pain she experienced in the real world from a horrific accident and dozens of surgeries. But she re-enters the world of the living with a warning, says Maza. But don't you dare touch Diego. Don't you dare touch your painting brushes. You cannot do that because if you do that, you'll feel the agony again. But pain defined Kahlo's life and her art, says Paz. The relationship that she has on stage in this opera with the paintings is so beautiful because in the moment that she finds the easel, 
she revisits like the pain. Kahlo discovers she cannot paint without the pain. Her suffering and her art were impossibly intertwined, so she can't help but embrace both Rivera and her former agony, says Massa. She allows him to embrace her in order for her to remember the pain, because it's only then that she can regain her identity as a painter. It's the pain when she was alive that really was her inspiration. Carlo died almost seven decades ago, yet her art remains vibrantly alive in pop culture, where her depictions of femininity, sexuality, and disability all seem strikingly relevant. What is amazing is that every new generation takes her image and makes it their own again and again and again. San Diego Opera is poised to introduce its Frida Kahlo to the world this weekend in a new Spanish-language opera that sings the praises of Mexico's iconic artist. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. KPBS On Demand is supported by the Museum of Contemporary Art San Diego, offering visitors to the La Jolla campus special exhibitions, collection galleries, coastal vistas, seaside dining, and more. MCASD.org. You're listening to KPBS Midday Edition. I'm Jade Hindman. For our weekend preview, we're taking a look at some Halloween and Dia de los Muertos performances and exhibits. Joining me with the details is KPBS arts producer and editor, Julia Dixon-Evans. Julia, welcome. Hi, Jade. Thanks for having me. Let's start at the Old Globe, where they're holding their free Axis Day of the Dead event. What can you tell us? So AXIS is the Globe's free community performance program. It's through their arts engagement wing. And one of the big events they do each year is this Day of the Dead celebration. And this year, it's hosted by Alejandra and Sisa Dardashti. And they'll have theater performances, puppetry from the San Diego Guild of Puppetry, Aztec dance, music. And they'll also present a performance of their newest collab play. This is written by Gerardo Flores Tonella. This is all at the Globe's Outdoor Plaza, and it's for all ages, and it's free. It'll be held from 11 to 1.30 on Sunday. In visual art, a group of artists is hosting what they're calling an experimental art haunted house at Bread and Salt. What do you know about that? Right, so it's 16 regional artists, and they're taking over the brick room at Bread and Salt, and they've been building out this kind of maze or haunted house style layout. And so it's a series of of immersive installations that you kind of wander through. There's sculpture, light installations, sound installations, and there's lots of spooky stuff, but also things that are just festively campy or kind of weird. Some of the artists are sound installation artist Margaret Noble. There's Wendell Kling, Max Daly, and the duo Brian and Ryan. This is 5 to 10 on Saturday night at Bread and Salt. And while you're there, be sure to check out the special Andrew Alcaseed exhibition and, and book release that's happening in the main gallery. This is his collection of 138 watercolor paintings that he made around the time of a recent bone marrow transplant. 
And the works represent the mundane but specific objects that surrounded him on this ongoing medical journey, like the little cup of cube jello from the hospital meal, but rendered in this really beautiful watercolor. So you can check out both exhibitions and keep in mind that these are both just one day only shows and Saturday is your only chance. And here's a special silent film screening with live pipe organ music for the soundtrack. Tell us about this event. Yeah, so this is at the Spreckles Organ Pavilion, and the Organ Society does this pretty often where they'll screen a silent movie while the organist plays a live accompaniment of the score. And for the Halloween edition, they're showing the 1925 version of The Phantom of the Opera, which famously portrayed that mysterious opera ghoul with this really exaggerated, grotesque makeup. And if the Broadway version is more your style, before the screening, local opera singers Victoria Robertson and tenor Bernardo Bermudez will sing some of the tunes from Broadway, uh, the Broadway version of Phantom of the Opera. And that starts at 6, and then the movie is at 6.30. And this is all free. Next is a musical called Murder Ballad at Patio Playhouse. That sounds pretty spooky. Tell us about the play. So first off, this is a rock musical with a live band. And I think knowing that you get these grandiose expectations that it'll be this huge cast and this really big experience, this big sound. But this play, it's by Julia Jordan and Juliana Nash. It's actually a really intimate musical. It's a small cast of four people, including a narrator, and that makes the audience feel more like they're part of the action. Here's a clip from the original cast recording. And of course, the subject matter here is definitely more moody. It's a heartbreak story about a happily married wife who turns to a former lover, this bad boy type bartender. And yes, there is a murder mystery. This is at Escondido's Patio Playhouse, and it runs through November 6th. The shows this weekend are 8 o'clock tonight and Saturday night, and then 2 p.m. on Sunday. And finally, you've rounded up a couple of Dia de los Muertos events with community altars and ofrendas. Where are some of these? So there's Old Town, and this is the big traditional Dia de los Muertos event in town. It's called Fiesta de Reyes, and it runs daily from mid-October through November 2nd. This one has crafts and dance and music and then various altars. There's also one in Encinitas, and what I like about this one is that it's both in-person and live-streamed. There's also a community altar that's noon to four on Saturday at the City of Encinitas Community Center. And then in City Heights at the Jeremy Henwood Memorial Park, also on Saturday from 11 to 6, they have theater, dance, ballet, folklorico, puppetry, drumming, all sorts of performances, and then multiple altars. At Chula Vista, right in downtown Chula Vista, they'll have folklorico performances, mariachi, funk music, costume contests, and a community altar from 3 to 8 on Saturday. And then if you're in Oceanside, the Hill Street Country Club's altar will be open to leave offerings from 3 to 6 on Saturday the 29th, but then it will be on view through November 5th. That's at the Hill Street Country Club. 
For details on these and more arts events, or to sign up for Julia's weekly KPBS Arts newsletter, go to kpbs.org arts. You'll also find a link to our Halloween events calendar. I've been speaking with KPBS Arts producer and editor Julia Dixon-Evans. Julia, thank you. Thank you, Jade. Have a good weekend. You too. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.